right. Uh, welcome to the BSing with Sean K podcast. I'm your host, Sean Neese. Uh, today I'm going to play you a conversation between me and Hideous of the No One Likes Your Band podcast. As some of you may remember, I interviewed Hideous on uh, my third episode of this podcast, which was uh, about over a year ago now. Uh, definitely check that interview out if you haven't already, and check out the interview they did with me on nolyb.com. Uh, it's episode 107. Uh, I talk a lot about uh, BSing with Sean K and some of the bands and uh, solo projects I've been involved with over the years, so just check it out. And that podcast is pretty awesome in general. They promote uh, you know, a lot of uh, unknown bands in the South Carolina area, but they play stuff from all over. And, yeah, so after the interview, me and um, Hideous got in a long conversation, and uh, I didn't. it lasted about three hours, and I didn't realize the whole thing was recorded on my computer. And we got into some very interesting topics, and I listened to the, um, the conversation, and I thought it would make an awesome podcast episode. So I cut it down to about an hour, and I left the best parts in, and... Uh, I'm going to start you off where we were talking about uh, racism in South Carolina. So here it is. Like, are, are these people kind of like, like, are the people that are ignorant, are they kind of like segregated from like uh, minorities or other people uh, like with different backgrounds? Or is it just like their own, like, do, do, is it because like maybe they're, they don't know many people like that? Or is that just, I don't know. I think it kind of varies uh, for the most part. If I uh, this is a little speculation on my part, but I think a lot of it is uh, just not being around different mm-hmm. kinds of people. Like for example, I've worked in a lot of you know machine shops, construction sites, stuff like that. Uh, it's generally a mixed group of people, but it's mostly white dudes. And they're mostly, you know, in their 40s or 50s or whatever. And I, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard, well, you know, I'm not racist, but I'd have a stack, you know. And and it's just, there's a certain level of ignorance. Like, there's no other way to put it. There's just people who just don't understand yeah. Like, like, dude, just because this person has a darker shade of skin than you doesn't mean that they are fundamentally different than you. Yeah. Everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to feel prosperous. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to feel productive. Everybody wants to feel love. It, it's not a difficult mm-hmm. concept at its core, but there's just there's old ways that are just and like they say old habits die hard and, and then it extends like into our foreign policy a bit like kind of like dehumanizing like oh we blew up in iraq if you well fuck them they're just a bunch of towel heads they're all you know like terrorists yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah i yeah i can't even tell you how many times i've heard sentences yeah. just like that from people who actually fucking meant that shit <laughs> and all and i always just want to go like but you can't convince these people otherwise like i was i I had a i had a job a couple years ago at a machine shop and 
there were some people up there, they were 40s, 50s. They listened to Rush Limbaugh all day long. <laughs> and they believed every word that came out of his mouth. They, uh, about an hour north of here is Asheville, North Carolina. And that is considered a liberal hippie town. In reality, this is coming from someone who hasn't even been there. In reality, there's a little bit of truth to that, but the it's still a very secluded mountain town. Hmm. It just so happens that a bunch of people who went, man, I sure am tired of all this bigotry. I want to move to somewhere where there's none of that shit. A lot of those people just so happen to move into that same town. Mm. So now most people around this area, they go, well, Asheville's full of hippies. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of hippies there, but is that such a bad thing? Yeah. I mean, hippies aren't killing, hippies aren't like blowing people up or whatever, at least. (laughs) Yeah. There's a bunch of people who they move to this secluded ass town because they don't want to hang out with a bunch of people who go, well, you know, yeah, they're one of the good ones. Yeah. And you say, like I, I could, I could throw off subtly racist colloquialisms uh-huh. all day long. Uh-huh. I wish I couldn't. Yeah. But it's just, I grew up in South Carolina, so I've grown up around that shit all my fucking life. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's ridiculous. Like, I I live in a neighborhood that is considered a bad neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's not an actual bad neighborhood. There's it's just a somewhat low income. It's not section 8 housing or anything like that. It's not the quote ghetto or anything like that. But people white people who live in suburban communities when they come through here they lock their doors they're very nervous because they see black people walking down the street you know they might see my big ass walking down the street (laughs) to go get a 40 ounce or something they go well he's white but he looks creepy (laughs) so you know so i mean it's just i guess it's one of those things where you're either you're either going to be open to just welcome anybody into your yeah. inner circle or, or you're just going to be like, well, I'm, I'm creeped out by you. You're different. Hmm. Cause I mean, like me and my immediate next door neighbor, it's like, uh, I've never even spoken to my next door neighbor cause I just, I keep to myself, but I notice, you know, they have a few black friends. They come over there and hang out. I don't know what the fuck they do. They play video games, what the fuck ever. Um, I have black friends. They come over here and we do what the fuck ever. Neither one of us sit there and do some shit like call the police, go, there's black people next door. Yeah. <laughs> you need to come over here. Like the shit that happened in Texas. Like, like the whole pool party thing. It went... There's black people yeah. in the neighborhood. <laughs> and then the cops roll up like, yeah, I get to be a super trooper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's messed up. It's like, I feel like if 
if everybody could just step outside of themselves for a moment and just assess how they perceive the world without, you know, them even being a part of it, then maybe we could possibly get somewhere. But I mean, really we've had millions of years to do this already. So I don't really think it's going to work. Yeah. Like, uh, hell, I went to high school in, um, in quite literally the worst neighborhood in the city. Like it was, um, but I, I did it by choice because I knew that it was like a smaller school and I knew that I would get, I, I knew that I would have less chance for confrontation because it was either, okay, go to this high school in the, in the hood that's got a hundred students in it or go to this high school that's predominantly you know, upper middle class kids from the suburbs and there's like 3,500 and me being the weirdo, awkward fat kid, I was like hundred people. I can handle that. I'm going to go here, you know? So, so, uh, you know, I mean, getting immersed into a different culture, I guess was, basically that whole thing but uh i don't remember the exact mark twain quote it was something like uh uh travel kills prejudice or something like that uh it it was the the point of it was okay if you think a certain type of person is weird or whatever then go travel you know but it, it's just when you're in uh, when you're in the South, mm-hmm. and well, hell, I don't know. It could be like this for anybody, but uh, people they grow up in a certain place and they don't want to leave. That's their yeah. life. It's that's it. You know, uh, and I mean, I, I I guess that could be for anywhere, but. Uh, I think, I think that's what a lot of it is. It's just people who they just haven't been out anywhere. They haven't talked to anyone. They haven't experienced anything new. So they have this warped perception of how people are like a long time ago. I met a guy from uh, a 70, 80 year old man. He, he may be dead by now for all I know. Um, this guy from Austria, he was like, he hadn't even been in America for very long. The first time he ever saw a non-white person, he, his thought, this blew my mind when he told me this because it was so abstract to me or whatever, but like, he said, yeah, when I came over here, I saw, you know, Mexicans, black people. I thought they had just been in the sun for a long time. <laughs> and I went, wow. <laughs> like, like that, that blew my mind. Like this is a 70, 78 year old Austrian dude. Mm-hmm. 
He just like lived in like an isolated area or something. Yeah, he he grew up in the mountains in Austria and came to South Carolina at, yeah. at like 73, 75 years old or whatever. And then this was the first time he had ever saw anyone that wasn't white. His immediate reaction was, oh, wow, they've been in the sun for a long time. And that was it. <laughs> like, and it was like such an innocent reaction. You know, it was like he didn't think, oh, they're creepy. They're fucked up. Oh, you know, he just went, oh, wow, you've been in the sun for a while, haven't you? And like, and and that's what he talked about. Like, he was just like, yeah, I didn't realize that racism was a thing. I just thought everybody looked like me. And then he came over here and he's like, oh, I didn't realize people were a little bit darker. And then they go like this and they look like this. And it was just, it was, it was mind blowing, you know, to, to sit there and go like, wow, you never saw anyone that wasn't white for like the first two thirds of your life. That's, that's crazy for me to even think about because like, (laughs) I've always, you know, gone to school with, you know, kids from all different kinds of backgrounds, you know? So it's like, to even for someone to even be like, like, wow, I've never seen someone who looks non-white. I was like, wow, that's mind blowing. But the fact that he didn't go, oh, you're fucked up. That goes to, to me. That goes to prove that the racism is taught. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because and how can it be anything other than taught? When someone who is completely oblivious to anything other than a so-called other race, which mm-hmm. it's already been scientifically proven that there's no mm-hmm. such thing as other races. There's just people with more pigmentation in their skin. And he was other. he was actually kind of right. It was because of the – because that is why the skin color changed, because of the cli- – not because they were in that climate, but because of uh, the climates when people yeah, travel. It's just melanin. It's, yeah. Only, yeah. it's just melanin. It's something that simple. But yeah. the fact that somebody can be completely oblivious to that and be a grown man. And this wasn't yeah. a feeble old man either. Like, I met him at like 70-something years old. He was chopping wood. Like, this is a... <laughs> so he must have, like, grown up with, like, no no, no electricity or anything like that or any contact. Equal yeah. body, grown-ass man doing his <laughs> own thing. And he was just like, oh, black people's a thing? Okay, cool. Like, that was like, he did not care because he was just like, why should I fucking care? And I'm, yeah, yes, that's it right there. Why can we not all finally, and, and I mean, expand that to gay people, transgender people, anybody you want to, why can we not just sit there as a race of so-called intelligent beings why can we not go, oh, you're doing that? Cool. All right. And just leave it at that. Yeah. Why does it have to be an issue? Like, there have been there have been so many amazing things happening in the past week, yet the mainstream media has went, ooh, Bruce Jenner turned into Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Like, who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't give a shit about Caitlyn, but best of yeah. luck to you because you're a human being. 
be happy. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Meanwhile, all this amazing shit is going on. People going, well, blah, 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 blah. Like, why do you care? Yeah. Why? <laughs> you, this is someone you're never going to meet in your life. Yeah. Likely, you're never going to meet this person. They're never going to do anything that affects your life in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. Why do you care what they identify as? I don't understand it. I honestly don't. And it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. I want to, but at the same time, I don't want to because I feel like if I understand it, then maybe I'll drop a couple IQ points because, like, I I, I went up to their, that level. for some, I don't know, but it's weird. Life's weird, and it's a it's a wonderful marvelous fantastical experience for better or for worse <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, uh, full disclosure uh yeah I, I have been drinking for about seven hours so well, that's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's sunday man there ain't nothing else to do man <laughs> But damn, yeah, damn it. This is like I said, they kind of, they kind of did have to like force people to like, uh, like uh, in this book, like Howard's in a history of the, uh, the people's history of the United States. He talks about like how like they had to force like blacks and whites to not intermarry and to not interact and to like not because like the working class blacks and the working class whites like they, they they had to force them not to interact. They got along fine. It was from the power elite like had to force them. That makes two yeah <laughs> um yeah you mentioning that reminds me uh my parents when they were coming up in school uh they were actually in the middle of the uh whole desegregation thing so they have experienced uh segregated schools and integrated schools or mm. whatever and and to me, even just that is like, wow, you know, but um, I remember my mom telling me, it's like, yeah, I remember when they, you know, integrated the schools and whatever. And like people went, oh, this is fucked up. And she was like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out why she care. No. Nah. This person's coming to school. Okay, this doesn't affect me at all. All right. Um, <laughs> cool. Welcome to school. I guess it sucks. All right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I am so thankful to have grown up in particularly South Carolina because it's backwards as hell here. <laughs> but I'm so thankful to have grown up in South Carolina and be the product of parents who are intelligent, uh, creative, just, um, almost eccentric. I, like, mm -hmm. I, I tend to kind of view the word eccentric as implying rich, but <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> it's like my dad, uh, my dad was a, uh, a, a drag racer 
and a hmm. tornado chaser. And my mom is kind of a intellectual. She, she's always like a literary person. That's where I got my grasp of, of language and everything from. So to be somebody who grew up to parents like that in quite literally the middle of nowhere, like, <laughs> dude, I grew up in the woods, bro. Like, in <laughs> the woods. So, like, <laughs> culture is fascinating to me. I love it. Like, different people, I'm like, hey, what are you about? Hey, I, I'm interested <laughs> in this. Like, I I never in my life imagined that I would have transgender friends. Because it's <laughs> something that just never, I didn't think about it, you know? But now I got, you know, I got gay friends, bisexual friends, transgender friends, and they're all cool as fuck. And I'm interested in their stories. You know, it's like, that's that's really part of the reason why I do what I do, because I'm fascinated in the human experience. Like, that's why I interview people, because I find people that's, interesting. That's, that's kind of why, like, I do it, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it's like, People are fascinating, dude. Like, mm-hmm. any, like, I feel like prejudice is just a, it's horrible. It, it blocks you off from so much interesting stuff in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you, uh, I have met more interesting people in the past few years that I've been living in this particular city, which is a much bigger city than what I grew up in, but it's only like an hour north. But uh, living in this city, I've met, I've been introduced to, if there's a culture I haven't been introduced to, I'm surprised. <laughs> like, like I have met everyone here and it's truly enriched my life. Hmm. I've, I've met fascinating, like even, even the people who I find out later is like, ah, I don't really, we don't really mix. Uh, Maybe I don't want to mess with you. I still feel like my life has been enriched by meeting them. Like, even if we don't get along per se, it's like, you know, I've, I've met so many interesting people. So it's like people who are closed minded like that. I, I really feel bad because I'm just like, or, pe- or like people who just want to like stay in the same place. Yeah, like they, they like you're proceed. missing out on so much. Yeah. You're missing out on like such a unique experience. Like, and particularly when you're young, when you're still young and you feel like just doing something that you know damn well is stupid, but you just do it anyway because like, ah, I'm young, I can get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like a lot of people, <laughs> they, they don't even want to do stuff like that because they're just like, no, nah, what if my boss finds out or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's like, nah, man, it's like, do something do let's let's do something crazy it's like the the most fun that i've ever had has been uh just going out on a 
random road trip with friends and or, or perhaps even people that I don't know that well. And then just go, you know, we're going to go to this place because I know no one's there and we don't have anything else to do because we've grown up in the middle of nowhere. We're going to go here. Okay, fine, whatever. And then, you know, you wind up having a deep conversation with someone under the moonlight while there's a god-awful chemical smell in there or whatever. <laughs> 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 yeah i, I kind of want like uh i mean new york is getting kind of like expensive now i mean there's like a um like a story as to, i, I kind of want to move like a place where like there's more going on there's more different kinds of people like just uh once i get like the right kind of niche because i, I don't want to live like like i like that like i i, I relate to yourself like i don't want to live like in like an isolated like life, just that's like my own experience, people like me, like that seems to be like what a, a lot of people want to do, but like it's just it's just like it's it's missing out. Yeah, it's it not. Is. It yeah. Is, yeah. yeah, man, and uh, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a grass is always greener kind of situation, but from my point of view, someone like you who is in a, in a part of the world where, I mean, you're, you're right in the thick of things, you know, you're close to the hub of civilization, more or less, you know? (laughs) And, uh, so in my head, I'm just like, you have almost a little bit more opportunity. You know, it's like, you're, Say, if you were to jump on a plane for an hour, you could go to, you know, New York City. Yeah, and, uh, the, the train, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you didn't even have to take a plane to get there. It's like, you just jump on the train, yeah. you know. Where me, I'm, I'm four hours away from Atlanta. <laughs> you know, I'm in the, and uh, Greenville, South Carolina is actually kind of a hub for South Carolina. But I grew up in a city, like, the city I grew up in, we don't even have an interstate. Like, if you want to go to Greenwood, South Carolina, you have to go, I want to go specifically to Greenwood, South Carolina. You have to drive through Greenville and then drive (laughs) another hour south. Like, you have to want to go there. So it's like, so like bigger metropolitan areas, like what you're closer to, mm-hmm. to me and to a lot of people in tiny ass little towns like this, we tend to kind of view places like that, like land of opportunity, you know, <laughs> um, say for example, uh, there's a, there's a group around here, Z generation rebels, um, a couple of those dudes, they were actually born in Buffalo, New York. And, uh, but they came down here when they were real young and they'd just been kind of going back and forth ever since. But, uh, they just moved, uh, the, uh, two, two, two guys from that group, they just moved back to Buffalo, New York. 
all because they knew that a bigger metropolitan area would provide them with more opportunity than what they had here. Even though here there are a bunch of people actively making an, you know, trying to make something of this place to where, you know, someone who's trying to be an artist can actually work, but they already knew this like, well, we're going to go, we're going to go back out to Buffalo. We're going to, you know, put in whatever work we can. And, you know, whenever we can, we'll come back down here. We'll do some work with, with the people we know down here. Then we'll go back up to Buffalo. So it's like the lifestyle change. There, there's, there really does seem to be specifically a drastically different kind of lifestyle. Like I'll, I'll even tell you, uh, there's a guy I know who he's in, he, he works professionally as, um, like a commercial director, like someone who makes commercials for companies and stuff like, you know, TV commercials and stuff like that. Um, I don't know what his official title is, but he makes, he makes commercials for companies. But, uh, he's done a lot of work in like, say, uh, Pennsylvania and, I was downtown passing out flyers with him for a show like years ago, but he, he's, he still says the same way, but he was like, yeah, from here to like the Northeast, like Pennsylvania, for example, everything moves so much slower here. He was like, if you put on a show in Pennsylvania and you say it's going to start at 10, everybody's going to be there at 10 minutes till 10. And they're going to be ready for that show to start at 10 down here. If you say the show is going to start at 10, everybody's going to show up at 11 and go, Whoa, I missed the band. What? (laughs) Everybody moves so much slower. It's like, there's a, there's so there's obviously like cultural differences, you know, which, which, uh, which, uh, that's one of the things I find interesting. And, uh, it's, uh, something that I kind of study as a part of my own kind of market research, because there is so much of a difference between, you know, the different regions and how people think about things and stuff. But yeah, I'm 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 rambling. <laughs> I can't wait to get this episode out on the air, man. This is gonna be really cool. Cause like, uh, oh, primarily the guests on the show are people from this general area. I always love to have somebody on the show who is just from somewhere hours and hours away, because uh, I feel like. Well, there's multiple reasons, but uh, one of the reasons why I really enjoy it is because I feel like it's going to let people know, like, you know, the stuff we've been talking about the past few minutes, like the differences between how things are here versus how they are there. Like, 
I want to teach people around here about stuff like that because like it really is secluded in this mm-hmm. area. Like even with the social media shit, you can announce a show around here on social media and just flood everybody's social media feeds with it. They're still not going to necessarily find it. It's like everything is just, it's almost like there's legitimate creative suppression around here. Like they're mm. actively people going, nah, we got to make sure that nobody finds out about this. It really does seem like that. And, and cause it's just more like traditional, I guess. Cause you said it's like the Bible belt and everything. Like. I feel like it is that way. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I really do. I feel like it is that way. Absolutely. Ah. You know, as, as frustrating and irritating as people can be, I feel like I'm starting to learn that I need to appreciate that and just kind of bask in that absurdity for a moment and just go, <coughs> isn't life entertaining? Yeah. And it's like, well, it's better than, it's better than like letting them like irritate you. Or whatever. Yeah. 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 And, and it's like, I used to always be like, I don't understand how you can go through life and not have things like this piss you off. But now I'm starting to get it. It's like, Oh, this is really unimportant. I should just laugh at it. Yeah, I get it now. And I get, is that is that kind of like part of what you were liking, like about like Alan Watts, like his kind of like wave? Somewhat. Um, the thing, the main thing I like about Alan Watts is a lot of the things he says. They just make sense to me personally they ring true to me for lack of a better word but a lot of it is also that um that same thing just kind of like hey you do realize none of this is really that important right come on but uh, <laughs> but but at the same time i'm fascinated with the concept of uh let me see how to word this properly. Um, the concept of accepting yourself as, for lack of a better word, God. Um, hmm. Not necessarily as like, you know, a supreme kind of, but I appreciate the idea of going through life and trying to, get a grasp on being the creator of your own reality. Hmm. I, I think that's real cool. And I, and I understand it to a certain extent and I appreciate it. And, you know, the fact that of course, you know, growing up in the South, it's always God's going to kill you. You are a <laughs> sinner. You are going to die and burn in hell fire. Like, that is quite literally what you were taught here, you know? Yeah. You are a fucking piece of shit in so many words, you know? But they they teach you, they beat you over the head with, Mm -hmm. you are terrible. You are awful. Mm -hmm. But then you got somebody going, nah, man, you good. Here's why. Mm. And then he just names off real quick, you know, these things like, 
And then you go, damn, that makes a lot of sense. Huh. And in some ways, I think, like, even some of, like, the, um, like, theistic, like, uh, religions, like, even, like, uh, I think they were kind of saying that same thing, like, I agree. in a way. I agree. Like, it's just been interpreted in, like, a very literal way. I agree. Like, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's why I don't like to, um, I don't like to put a denomination on my personal belief because, uh, I grew up a certain way. I've been through, like, I even went through a time in my life where I considered myself a LeVay Satanist. I no longer, like, that. And that's more like, that's more like self, uh, that's more like, uh, self-worship, right? You're your own God. Yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, that didn't last very long because I'm not, I'm not. I feel like I'm not egotistical enough to worship myself. Not, not to, you know, diss anybody who may believe in that or anything, but it's just, I don't want to worship myself because I ain't shit. I understand that Mm -hmm. I'm not shit. Like I might be capable of greatness, but in the grand scheme of things, I ain't a speck on a dog's ass. Like I don't matter. (laughs) Like, so it, it didn't really make any sense to me. And and then I got to I got to studying on Buddhism and things like that and Hinduism and Zoroastrianism, things like that. Uh, a lot of it was is because of a, a friend who uh if he if he was still with us it would have been his birthday today. But he was a uh he was basically like a religious scholar and um I learned a lot about religions from him and Hmm. he, the way he classified himself was Gnostic. (laughs) Like it was quite literally Gnostic. Hmm. Like, like he he was like, Gnostics is like a mysticism or God, but Like it was, it was really complicated, but you know, the more I got to talking to him about things, the more things started to make sense to me. And the more I started diving into various philosophies, I started realizing that the only thing that really makes sense is whatever makes sense to you. Hmm. So personally, what I think makes sense is that at some point a bunch of chemicals combined, they exploded, other things happened. I'm giving a very brief version here. Other things happened, then things progressed from there. Things evolved. Um, my consciousness came in at some point it lived a bunch of different ways now i am living as the person that people know me as today when i die i don't know not really my concern and and the more i go along the less i'm concerned about it uh, hmm. which there's a peace in that in and of itself like And some of that had to do with the fact that my dad 
has had five heart attacks, yet he's still mm-hmm. here. He's died before. He's not a religious man. He's not a spiritual man, but he's had an out of body experience. He described it to me in detail. And, and then when that out of body experience was done, he described to me what happened after that. And he said nothing. And a guy went, Oh, so you mean, so you were just like in blackness and then no, 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 no. You misunderstand me. I mean, I was nothing. There was no me. There was no you. There was no now. I was nothing. I was in blackness. There wasn't even a blackness. There was nothing. And the guy just shut up. He Once he finally got it, he went, he didn't, it's like he didn't know how to process it. He went, he was trying to rationalize it in his, hmm. his Christian doctrine or whatever, but he couldn't. So he just went, Oh, and and, and my dad grew up in, you know, a Southern Baptist church, just like anybody else around here. But, uh, he learned at a very young age, much like how I did that, uh, the people who run the churches, they're just as full of shit as anybody. (laughs) And, uh, the new, the new preacher came into his church and, and everybody loved him. And my dad went, I don't like him. And people went, why not? I can't quite put my finger on it, but I don't like him. I don't like him. And a few, and about six, eight months later, it, he, uh, he left town with the organ player of that church, as well as all the money that was raised in that church for the past eight months. And then it came to be known that that was his thing. He was a con artist. He went around with his, you know, handful of rings and, uh, it was, he, you know, preached the word of God and he went into a church and he wooed everyone and he got all their money and he left. (laughs) And then, and then my dad at like, you know, 17 years old or whatever, he went, well, I don't want to say I told you so, but, and, and so, so basically that's that's kind of the the thing I've adopted like I, I grew up in the church but I backed away from it because I recognized that there was a lot of hypocrisy there and uh but the way I look at faith and things of that nature is I am not so presumptuous as to think that I know enough to know what's actually going on in the world that I perceive with my own human abilities. Hmm. I mean, it's that's, that's not to say that's not to advocate one thing over the other. It's just to say, I like to think I'm smart enough to know that I don't know anything. I credit my personal philosophy towards being lucky enough to have uh, to have parents who mm-hmm. didn't force anything on me and who allowed mm-hmm. me to mingle with all kinds of people. Like my mm-hmm. oldest friend for the longest grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. He's not a Jehovah's Witness and never has been. He always hated it because he always just yeah. he he always just picked it apart.
for all the various things and and um the the people in the Jehovah's Witness community they would give his mom shit because she let her son hang with someone who was worldly as they put it and me and him 20 something years later we're still best friends we've 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 been through so many fights we've gone without talking to each other for months and months and months but that's my brother like we are family like so any kind of religion that's going to that's going to discredit something like that, discredit some kind of natural bond between human beings and families. Uh, just because, Oh, we can't, Oh, we can't hang out just because we don't subscribe to the same doctrine. That's wrong. Yeah. I don't. And quite frankly, quite frankly, any kind of divine entity that there might be, I don't want to subscribe to one who subscribes to that kind of belief because I think that's yeah. bullshit because yeah. we're not, like, even if it was true that he was doing like, why would I want to follow a God? Like exactly. That? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, that's <laughs> bullshit, man. It's like, if, if we're going to be, we're all made from quite literally the same materials hmm. and like not even getting on to any kind of metaphysical or anything like that, but it's like, we're all made from the same stuff. Any kind of religious system that you subscribe to that wants to divide us, that's counterproductive. Yeah. That's not, that's not going to bring us together and any kind of entity who created a, a whole plethora of beings out of love. Odds, odds are they're not going to divide them based on hateful means. That's just how I, I look at it. Like it, that to me, that doesn't make any sense. Like, and you think it like it's done? It's done with like political stuff too, I guess. Yeah, kinda, it's, right? like, it's, it's all politics, man. Like, like and I think like now people are more divided than ever. Like, there's been a good like 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 uh obviously the internet like has brought more unity in a lot of ways, but like it's also like kind of like people were able to go more into like their own little like kind of box, I guess their own little like kind of like group. Like there's the there's like the this community, there's like the atheist community or yeah. the new age community or the this, yeah. you know, the <laughs> yeah. libertarian community. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I hate them labels, man, personally. Like, uh, I got a lot of friends who are atheists. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they assume that I'm an atheist. I'm not. I, If you were to ask me what I am, I don't know what I'd tell you, but... <laughs> I would tell you I'm not an atheist. I'm not necessarily a Christian. I'm not necessarily a Buddhist. I'm not necessarily. The, I'm just me. You know, it's like hmm. I, I feel like a lot of those labels are part of the problem because hmm. it compartmentalizes people. Like they feel like they have to. Okay, this kind, of, this type of person is this way, but that's not always the case. Yeah, dude, I feel like uh, we could almost like make a whole nother podcast just talking about 
<laughs> existential <laughs> kind of things like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is one of my favorite topics, though, honestly, like, uh, just existence and things like that. I mean, that's why I watch stuff like Alan Watts, you know, because it's like, yeah. you know, talking about, you know, life and things like that. And, like, uh, my favorite websites are, like, uh, Tiny Buddha and um, uh, Lifehack. You know stuff hmm. stuff like that. I mean, I don't I don't love those sites, but you know they have cool shit on them. But yeah, man, this, uh, I like I like having like I mean, who are we as people if we can't sit here and have existential conversations? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I really dig it, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, maybe we could do like a BSing, another BSing episode or whatever. I would love I to, know. man. I would love to. Just, uh, give me a, give me a time and a day of the week and I'm down, man. Hmm. I'd, I'd love to do it. And, and like I said, man, I'm, uh, I'm way behind on your show, man. I, uh, this is no bullshit. Uh, the two podcasts I listen to, are well i'll say three uh <laughs> the the three podcasts i listen to in order are the ice tea final level podcast <laughs> your show and the combat jack show like those are pretty much the only three podcasts i listen to <laughs> and, and uh like uh I'm I'm behind on your show, man. But uh, I, I, I think I think I think it's fucking awesome that uh, you've you've got it going and have been going at it for so long. And hope I hope you have like a good amount of listeners because you do have a really cool show, man. Hmm. Thanks. Just yeah. keep just keep doing whatever feels natural, man. I think you're doing a real good job, man. Hmm. I mean, obviously I'm not a professional or anything, but. For whatever my opinion is worth on it, I think you're doing a real good job, man. Like I said, I mean, your podcast is one of the few that I actually listen to. <laughs> 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 and I mean, the other the other people, the other people's shows, they're like big time celebrities. It's like you're just, you know, not not to you know downgrade you or anything. So I mean, you're just you're just Sean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, you're not a big name celebrity like Ice T or somebody, but I still listen to your show because it's good. But, but I mean, it's like podcasting. The thing that makes it appealing to people, in my opinion, is that natural conversation thing. Hmm. Like, um, I mean, like there's there was even a show around here for a little while. It uh, featured a guy who was a DJ on a local radio station, so it had like a lot of listeners. Like as far as local podcasts, like they were kicking my ass with listeners, you know, because they were just, you know, one of the guys was a DJ. But the show eventually ground to a halt because the other guy 
stopped wanting to do it. So there was no conversation anymore. It was just this one dude trying to carry a show by himself. And the thing that gets people tuned in the podcast is conversation. It's like, you don't even necessarily have to like, like I've done episodes by myself before and they've done okay. But the thing that makes them work is the fact that I put music in there. You know, there's a goofy theme song at the beginning. I, uh, I, I try to like make jokes with myself and like pitch shift the, the voice to where like I'm talking to someone else or whatever. So it's like there's it keeps moving. It keeps it interesting. It's not just somebody sitting there talking your ear off like I am right now, you know, <laughs> like because people aren't going to listen to that for super long. You know, they're going to get bored with it. But, yeah, man, I mean. Ultimately, it boils down to whatever unique voice you're able to bring, whether that whether that's talking to someone or just talking to yourself. I mean, because if someone's going to listen to your podcast, they're going to listen to it for whatever uniqueness you bring to it. I I, I just love stuff like this because, like, uh, I just feel like. At some point in the near future, I'm going to, like, not only be in the media, but it's like the media is going to be a bunch of people I know. And, you know, it's like, I, I I just love shit like this. Like, it's like you're making yourself the media. You know, it's like you're not, yeah. you're not sitting there going like, oh, you know, I should... I should get this magazine because they're talking to this person. It's like, no, you're going out and you're talking to that person. Yeah. You know, it's like you're creating the media. And it's like, that's, that's uh, one of those little kind of subtle things that I feel like a lot of people don't still don't even realize with the power of the internet. It's like, man, you can, it's be like the a media. whole new DI. It's a, like a whole new DIY thing in a way. Yeah, yeah. man. Like, like, dude, straight up. I ain't shit, but people around here know who I am <laughs> because of the shit that I do. It's like, I'm, I'm the media. <laughs> I'm, I'm the fucking media. And it's weird. Like, um, anybody who's around the DIY scene around here, whether they're playing in a rock band or a metal band or a rap group, they probably know who I am. When they got their album coming out, they come to me and they go, hey, I want to do a show with you. And, and you know, that that being that it's a small town, that little bit of push, even though it's just, you know, a small website, it puts me in the public eye. So it's hmm. like, it's surreal. Because, like, there's been things that have been on this show that have turned around to bite me in the ass. And then I went like, oh, wait, people were paying attention to that? <laughs> like, oh, well, like something you said that they took out of context no, or whatever? Something I said, something somebody else said as a guest on the show. 
Oh. <laughs> and, and then, like, it got back to me. Like, somebody went, I can't believe you let them say that on the show. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do, censor them? Yeah. And like, no, there's no censorship on the show. This is a document. This yeah. is an ongoing document of this of this music scene around here. I'm not going to sit there and tell them they can't say how they feel about somebody else and how they're doing when especially what they were actually doing was kind of shady. So I'm not going to sit there and say, Oh no, don't, don't say that. Like, no. <laughs> but, uh, and then, you know, like I found out, uh, local police actually listen to my podcast to find out oh. what is going on around here musically. So if they want to raid somebody's spot, they do it. Oh, wow. <laughs> but, uh, I started like, I started calling them out on it. I was like, and shout out to all the local police, you know, <laughs> you know, just kind of a fuck <laughs> you. So I know y'all are listening. <laughs> but, uh, so it's like, you know, ever since finding that out, I'm a lot more careful about like, you know, don't, don't give any specific addresses for DIY houses or anything like that. Uh, cause I, I stopped doing the newsletter, which I used to, uh, do the newsletter and then put like specific addresses in there. Like here's where this house show is. And then it's like, yeah, glad I stopped doing that. Cause then, you know, I found out police are listening to that shit. (laughs) Cause I mean, it's a small town and no one else is covering it. I'm like Hmm. pretty much quite literally the only game in town. For, to a certain extent. I mean, there's people talking about the bluegrass bands and stuff like that, but I'm talking about everybody else. You know, but it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, it's, uh, damn, it's, shit, it's like 20 to a 1. It's been a hell of a fucking good time here. Oh my yeah. god! This this Skype timer is almost at four hours. I think, oh wow! <laughs> I think I, I think I've probably uh, talked your ear off long enough at this point. But um, this this this, this was a very good conversation, man. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's cool to learn like about uh. Like I said, like other people's experience, like what it's like in Greenville and all that, you know? Yeah, man, I feel the same way, dude. Like, I, I'm, I mean, that's why I watch stuff like, you know, Anthony Bourdain, you know, because he, he goes to places I've never been before. So to me, it's kind of the same thing, mm. but, I, but I'm getting like a, uh, I'm getting a more genuine kind of thing by actually just you know, talking to somebody who's in, in, in the thick of it, you know, not, not somebody who's, uh, not somebody who's able to get into like the, the fancy club because they got a camera crew or whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, man, I think, uh, I think I'm about to have some company roll through, man. I, I hate to, I hate to cut this conversation off, man, because it's been a hell of a lot of fun. But, uh, man, I'll uh, I'll make sure to to uh, let you know when the episode's about to come out and all that stuff. And uh, we'll definitely stay in touch, man. All right, yeah, sounds good. And we'll probably do like another BSing at some point. I'd love to, man. Just let me know. Just let me know the 
the time and the day of the week, man. I'm there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh. All right, man. It's been fun, dude. Have a good yeah, man. night, man. You, you too. All right. Yeah. So that was the conversation between me and Hideous of the No One Likes Your Band podcast. Uh, we got into some great topics, so I hope you enjoyed it. And definitely check out their podcast, nolyb.com, uh, the No One Likes Your Band podcast. So, uh, yeah, because uh, they play a lot of great uh, underground hip-hop and um, metal, punk, experimental, all kinds of stuff. And uh, I, I, a lot of artists I've enjoyed off there. And, uh, yeah, so I should have more. And check out my interview on there. Like I said, I'll post a link in the description. Um yeah, and just uh, I should have more episodes coming soon, so uh, stay tuned.